This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Halftime Institute. To receive a free copy of Bob Buford's classic book, Halftime, moving from success to significance, just go to eternalleadership.com slash halftime. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co-founder and co-host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead. All right, welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast, and I just want to thank everybody out there. We've just had so many emails pouring in from our, our, our last few guests, and it's just been an incredible year, and I just want to thank you all for being just part of this community and the support, and I would love to hear from you. If there's anything we can do for you, just email me at john at eternalleadership.com, and today we're, we're going to have just a great um, interview on a topic that um, I, I'm really passionate about, and that's about our core values and creating a value-driven life and a value-driven culture. And today we have Bobby Albert on the phone. And Bobby, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, looking forward to your time with you. So, yeah, me too. And now, now Bobby is the president of Values Driven Leadership. Uh, it's his company, and his passion is to help leaders just build inspiring workplace cultures through values-driven leadership. And you do a lot of work, Bobby, with small and medium-sized organizations. You work with their leaders, and you really focus on grounding them in their values. And you called it powered by the twin engine of enhancing relationships and driving for results. And, um, you know, I love a quote from you. You talked about I don't, you didn't want to build a results-driven company that has values. You wanted to drive a values-driven company that had results. So I just love your, your mindset around this. Now, um, you have started 12 different businesses. You've acquired nine others. And, you know, through that, you created the Albert Companies, and you've had just tremendous growth. And you did that in a period of time, um, 2005 through 2011, when the rest of the world was shrinking. And, you know, there's a lot, I'll, I'll guarantee you, there's a lot behind why that happened. And we're going to dig into that, which I think is awesome. But before we do that, I'd love to hear just a little bit about, you know, your journey, your background, Bobby, just so everybody can get to know you a little bit. Well, uh, my father started an upholstery and refinishing business in, uh, in August of 1938. Uh, and in the late 50s, him listening to his customers, uh, he, uh, uh, we, you know, this is before regular retail stores and things. And so uh, people, we would do like redo uh, all the furniture and all the, you know, reupholster. Uh, a lot of the furniture and refinish in, the, in a home, and they were also moving it many times. So they would started asking us, would would we mind even moving them as well? Because they're afraid the movers going to tear up all of this. So uh, we found ourselves in the moving and storage business. Uh, when I was a little boy uh, growing up, I was very fortunate. Uh, to hang out with my dad a lot. I knew who the bankers were, the people handle their insurance, uh, who, you know, repaired the trucks, uh, even the people at the gas station that put the gasoline in the trucks and, and, and those kind of things. And I, I uh, hung out around the warehouse. Uh, you know, I think it was kind of, I, I was kind of a kid that you know, if I could say this, I, I had a d d d d d d, and I, I, I was. I, I think uh, it was just a. 
you know, to get me uh, uh, out of the way, they gave me my first job, and it they used to call me the automatic pad folder. And what they meant is, you know, they in a moving truck, you have these blankets, and we call them moving pads. And uh, back then, I'm embarrassed to tell you, but we didn't, uh, they were never clean. So they were always just filthy, dirty. And when I would fold pads, I mean, dust was flying. I would look, you know, I looked like I rolled around in the dirt, you know, my clothes. And and so, uh, but I thought I went to heaven because I had, I got to do something. Well, when I was in junior high school, uh, I got, my dad let me go out on my first moving job. And he said something to me that, uh, uh, I never forgot it, and I don't know a kid in junior high school, some areas they call it middle school, I don't know how I understood it, but he said, Bobby, when you go out there, I don't want you to act like uh, the boss's son. Well, I knew exactly what he meant. Uh, you know, So from that point forward, I did all the jobs no one wanted to do. I, I, uh, 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 you know, I would take uh, one break to their two breaks. I would run from the truck to the house and house in the truck. And uh, I didn't realize how important that was. And uh, so even through college, uh, I, I worked, uh, you know, part time in the business and uh, was around, you know, all the time. And so I kind of had a pretty good idea. Uh, and I was very fortunate to finish college, uh, in three years at the age of 20. So I, uh, but within one month after graduating, my father died of a heart attack. Mm. Now, uh, you know, this is in 1973 and it's a lot of money today, but in 1973, it was like a mountain uh, we were $70,000 in debt. I didn't know this. And our total gross revenue was less than $90,000. And we had five employees. So you can see we were totally upside down. Yeah, you and sure were. I, I bet that was stressful on you and your mom. Oh, it, it really was. And, and uh, my wife uh, tells me I used to, She reminds me still today that I used to give her $20 to go to the grocery store back then because that's about all we could afford. So, uh, but, you know, through God's grace is that uh, we kept growing the company, growing the company, growing the business until in 19, I mean, in 2011, I sold the company to a public traded company and we had uh, over 150 employees. And um, now, if I may say this, uh, is that uh, prior to 1982, I was one of those people that uh, I I knew a lot about God, and I was going to church, I was a good person, uh, but I didn't know God. Back then, I was, in my mind, I was thinking, uh, you earn your way to heaven. Mm. until uh, a close friend of mine shared the, the gospel. Uh, and it it was like, I finally understand this. And uh, it was September 1st of 1982. And so, uh, you know, I started this uh, slow moving spiritual journey. And uh, in uh, 19. 
uh, the spring of 1987, I uh, made a decision I was going to start reading my Bible. And I, uh, so, so I read it every day. And I just, and, and if I can say this, not, not in a proud way or not for someone to pat me on the back, but I've never missed a day except one day uh, when I was traveling. And uh, I, I've been able to uh, read the Bible from cover to cover. I'm on my eighth time uh, to read the Bible from cover to cover. And so I, I get up earlier in the mornings, and that's uh, how I spend my time. Uh, first thing in the morning uh, is going through that. Now, one other thing that took place in that spring of 1987 is that I declared that I was going to start seeing my work as a ministry and not a job that I went to. Was that now, a shift? Was that a big shift for you, Bobby? Uh, kind of a little bit because I've always, uh, uh, because my, my, uh, my strength's always been in leadership and leading people. So my focus has always been on the people, even though, I had the skills to drive for results, you know, in our company. And uh, I, I say a little bit, but uh, I just sense that that's what the Lord really wanted me to do. And even though I understood that, I didn't know what to do with it. But I was at the, and I still do this today, is I was teaching uh, high school students uh, at our church, and I thought, you know what, I think I can use these, uh, uh, this Bible study and use it with the, the adults in our, in our company. So I started a Thursday morning Bible study, and they still do it today. Uh, it's uh, every Thursday, and um, I'm just thrilled that they've kept that up, even though um, the company has been sold. So it's a very meaningful time for these people. And, you know, it was all volunteer and, and we would have a pretty large group, a mixed group of, you know, people that worked on the trucks and people that worked in the office. So, uh, but one thing that took place, uh, uh, pretty significant, I, I was seeing, uh, God's word working in my life during that summer, but there was one significant event in December of 1987 is that I was faced with perhaps at that time was the biggest decision uh, in my life that it it was going to be a change. And so, uh, and I'm an impatient person. And I I mean, I was in a big hurry because the deadline uh, was fast coming up there at the end of the year. What what was the deadline for, Bobby? Well, uh, it is that, uh, the governor of Texas asked me to run for the uh, for the uh, state House of Representatives, and uh, so I, I uh, is I, the dead actually you know the the filing deadline was fast coming up, and uh, I was just really. Uh, boy, I was struggling. I got to hurry up and make a decision. You know, the Christmas holidays, a lot of people are going to be gone and all this kind of stuff. I got to let them know. Well, on, on a Monday morning, 
because during the weekend I went to what was called an early bird uh, campaign school and on and I'm just driving down to Austin, Texas and uh, and then driving back, I was listening to Christian radio uh, and I was praying and I was just in a big hurry. Well, on uh, on that Monday morning during my quiet time, I was in Psalms and I was reading 20, Psalms 27 verse, in that passage in verse 14. And it said, be patient and wait on the Lord. And it said it twice. Well, I didn't hear a voice. <laughs> That's or, a little or, counterintuitive for you where you were at. You needed yeah, to hear that, didn't you? Yeah, well, uh, uh, you know, I didn't hear a voice or anything, but I tell you what, it shook me because I knew the Lord was speaking to me. So it scared me so much that I I, I belonged to a fairly large church, and I was able to get in to talk to the pastor that afternoon, and I was telling him this story. I got to hurry up and make a decision, and before I told him the verse that really, you know, slapped me across the face. He quoted that verse to me. Now, (laughs) I mean, if you just think about it, what's the chances out of throughout all the verses in the Bible? And that's the one that he quotes to me. I, 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 I mean, it was like, okay, Lord, I get the message. And what the message was, I needed to uh, tell uh, the people that were recruiting me that I was going to pass on this uh, a big change in my life. Well, I didn't know this, that the Lord had a bigger plan. It, see, you know, I told them, and I knew they were going to get upset because they invested a lot of time and effort, you know, in me. Uh, so... Uh, I thought I would, okay, got that done. Let me get back to work. Well, uh, in January, uh, I get a phone call from the governor and he says, Bobby, I've got a letter of resignation from the state Senator on my desk. It hadn't been public announced. And I like for you to run for that position now. And I'm thinking, man, I thought I got rid of y'all. And, uh, <laughs> You know, my wife and I prayed about it. We talked a lot, even with some friends, and uh, really felt like that was the reason why the Lord wanted me to wait, because he had bigger plans for me. And I went ahead and accepted uh, to run uh, for the Texas State Senate. Uh, it, it was a very tough race, and um, and I, uh, uh, you know, I learned a lot. Uh, through that process, I was never sure we were going to win, and uh, we got 48%. I was a novice. The guy I was running against had been in the state house uh, for quite some time, and um, uh, the uh, we we got 48% of the vote, and or, or a little bit over, and uh, so I felt like I did what the Lord wanted me to do. So I moved on, but. Uh, the significance of this is God's word. I mean, God taught me uh, the power of his word and the power of the Holy spirit that was working in my life. So uh, 
but uh, in the early 1980s, I discovered my purpose in life, and that was to be a model Christian businessman. And that took me on a lot of journey. Once I declared that, uh, I had such a confidence in um, uh, in what I was, you know, my walk with the Lord, uh, had contentment with who I was, what I was, you know, what I had. Uh, I, I had the courage uh, to, you know, be bold for the Lord. And that kept growing and growing and growing. That that spiritual journey uh, is that in the mid-90s, I had uh, invested in a, a, a we created a, a new innovation in a division of our business. And I, at that time in the mid-90s, I invested, it was a lot of money. It was uh, about $4 million that didn't take off. Well, you know, I had, I had a, felt, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, one thing I learned through that process, and it's an, it was an expensive process, was that God owned the company, and I didn't, and I was to be the steward of that company, and um, uh, that was pretty uh, shocking to me. Well, you know, and question for you, so you ran for Senate, but you didn't win, correct? Yes. So, you know, when we do these things where we really feel like, you know, God is sending us in a direction, but the outcome is not what we either maybe expected or hoped for. And in, in, now you're talking about in actually a couple different situations. Um, you know, what what is it that you learned from that, Bobby, that you think would be good to share? Because I, I know there's a lot of people listening right now that have prayed for certain things and gone down certain paths and it doesn't feel like it led you to where you thought you were going to be going. And, you know, for some people it can create some either confusion or doubt. And that's not where, you know, God is a God of just clarity. And I'd, I'd love to kind of hear, you know, what you learned from, you know, going through some of these seasons. Well, that time running for the state Senate, uh, is that if, you know, if I can go to to the point that uh, I, God never did say, Bobby, if you do this, you're going to have victory, you know, in winning the race. All I knew, I was supposed to be obedient uh, and to do what I sensed uh, what the Lord was calling me to do. And when, you know, after that night when, you know, you get the results and this, you know, was I disappointed? Yes. And my friends uh, and my, all the people that volunteered for me, the steering committee, you know, just on and on. I mean, you know, you would have thought they were devastated. And, but I was kind of the guy that was the calm in the storm, uh, not because of me being special, but uh, the Lord just gave me a piece that I did what he called me to do, and it was time uh, to move on. So, uh, and that's just what I did. I, you know, poured myself back into the business and started growing again. Well, I love that. And that's, a, you know, that's an important point, too, because I'll guarantee you, looking back on that, there are some things that happened that prepared you for what's next, maybe refocused you on your business, led you, you know, to what you built through the Albert companies and other things in your life. Would you say that's kind of a fair statement? Yeah, I, I, 
you know, did the the lessons I learned and the people I met uh, during that process. Uh, I mean, I learned a lot about how to deal with media. Uh, I I was invited. It was considered one of the, and I don't know how they figured this out, but it was considered one of the top 25 state races in the country. And I got a chance to spend uh, some time with uh, President Reagan in the in the Roosevelt Room. Uh, uh, Carl Rowe was my uh, campaign uh, uh, consultant at that time, and I was running, you know, uh, a state race that uh, that you know I, I was on the Republican ticket, uh, but this state was a Democratic. Uh, it was a Democrat Party run state. Uh, it, it's flip-flop now, but back then, if you wanted to run, you needed to run as a Democrat. And so I was running as a Republican. So it, it uh, that's, you know, we just had a lot going. Uh, we had a lot of things going for us, but it was, it was not an easy process, but I felt like that, uh, uh, you know, we got 40 over at 48% of the vote and my opponent, uh, uh, was, uh, uh, you know, our budget back then was 160000 which is hardly hard. It's, uh, today, it would cost over $2 million to run that state race now. Wow. Uh, but my, my opponent, uh, he was back. Workers' comp was a big issue back there, and the trial lawyers uh, supported my opponent. My opponent, just the trial lawyers alone, uh, received... Uh, uh, my opponent received uh, 400, over $480,000. So normal budget was 160000 and one group of people gave my opponent uh, that much money, and we still got over 48% of the vote. So, I mean, I looked at it as uh, this was a great experience, and uh, uh, I'm sure the Lord's going to use it somewhere else someday. That's pretty awesome. Now, you know, I'd, I'd love for you to talk about too. You know, as you move back into business, um, you know, one of the things that I know that you're you've put a lot of thought into and and you know working is you know what are uh, and I know our our listeners will be very interested in this is right. What are you know some of those principles, strategies, and implementation tools? You know, think you know the things that you actually did to really create some of these cultures that allowed you to focus on the relationships. Um, and I think it was, I'm sure it's the health of your organization that allowed you guys to thrive and grow when other companies were, were not doing well. And I think there's some lessons in here that we can apply to whether we're in business, whether it's at our, our home, our, a ministry, a family. And, you know, what, what did that look like as you, as you kept moving forward, Bobby? Well, a uh, couple different things is our uh, is that our ministry, our workplace ministry, which we call, uh, kept expanding and expanding. Uh, we at first initially it was totally focused on the workplace, the employees uh, of how we can minister to them, and we looked at our employees in uh, in a holistic way. 
Uh, we looked at them in a, from a mind, body, spirit, and emotions. Emotions was like relationships. And we were trying to do everything we could uh, to help them uh, develop into the kind of person that God had really wanted them to be. And uh, in doing so uh, it is that our focus was, uh, I didn't understand it quite as much why I was geared this way. I under, looking back, I can uh, um, understand it a lot better, but I was very focused on what I could give the people I didn't focus so much on by giving this, what am I going to get uh, out of them? Uh, see, uh, where a lot, even Christian CEOs get off base is they're so driven for results. Give me results. Give me results. Give me results. They get off it rather than focusing on the results all the time. And the people, that's all they hear is I focus, chose to focus on the people that was giving me the results, which is, uh, I, you know, it, it's a different mindset. And our workplace ministry, uh, we, uh, you know, I would do things back then, back in the early 90s, it was very uh, popular for uh, men is going to promise keepers and we would take a whole group of men, and it didn't matter if they were employees or spouse, you know, spouses of employees. We paid for all their expenses to go to Promise Keepers. We started doing it when it came about. We started doing that for the women, you know, the women um, in faith. Um, is we would pay for all their travel expenses and things to attend that. We also began um, in. Um, uh, 1997, we began a relationship with marketplace chaplains. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and so we had a chaplain that came to our business and that came about because I was getting people, you know, employees coming and talking to me and needing, you know, counsel on matters that it was like, Oh my goodness. They're telling me things going on in their personal life that as the employer, I don't know if I need to hear those things. <laughs> and I mean, we had a lady, for example, that was, uh, whose husband was a police officer and he was physically abusing her. And there was another lady that we didn't know this when she was employed by us, but she moved here from California because she experienced being raped. And I, I mean, I'm just faced with, I mean, I'm not even qualified to deal with these issues, you know? So I went to my pastor and I said, I need, can I hire out one of these ministers to come in and just talk to our people from time to time? And that's when he introduced me to marketplace chaplains. And we still, uh, the company still maintains that relationship today, but our ministry kept growing and growing to the point that, we had to hire an extra person in HR, human resource, you know, uh, just to help us manage all of the activities, the events uh, that some people may not uh, call them. Uh, I looked at it from a ministry aspect, but some people may not. But just to give you an example, our business, uh, we, we were, you know, our peak season was the summer months. Uh, and our people will be stressed out. Uh, they've worked hard all summer. Uh, there'd be some people would 
you know, because of customers, you know, we make mistakes and customers not too nice sometimes. And, you know, some employees will end up crying and those kind of things. Well, I, I had, I brought in uh, two wrecked cars, uh, put them out in the parking lot and gave people sledgehammers uh, to just beat the heck out of those 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 wreck cars they'd have customers names on the side of them you know whatever they wanted to put there it's just an example of i was more interested what can i do for these people to help them manage the stress in their life because they had personal stress going on too so uh uh but that kept growing and growing and finally we got to a point that we started looking at okay how can we impact the marketplace and we partnered with marketplace chaplains uh, because our business we were moving people like from california to illinois uh, to from florida to virginia uh, from the state of washington the state of connecticut we had a nationwide type of moving service and you know we were also experiencing customers that were stressed over relocating and those kind of things so if the customer, if it was okay with them, we would schedule for our coordinators that were talking to the customer, we would schedule a uh, a chaplain, and we paid the expense uh, for a chaplain to go to the customer's home to minister to that family that was dealing with, you know, issues in relocating. Uh, and, but we also had a prayer team that if, we gave customers opportunity. We dealt electronically with a lot of customers so uh, they could submit prayer requests. And we had a prayer team that would pray over those uh, requests. And because we had more business a week as handle, we had suppliers. And what I mean by that, we had other moving companies and other parts of the country that were helping us service the business and we started also offering to them, let's say if the owner of the moving company has got an employee in the hospital and uh, they're really worried about them, if, that, if it's okay with that owner, we will send a chaplain at our expense uh, to visit with that employee in the hospital. So uh, hopefully you can kind of get a flavor of this aspect of how I was beginning to see my work as a ministry and not just a job that I went to. Well, yeah, and the thing that's uh, kind of jumping out at me also, you know, having worked in so many different companies and so many different cultures is, you know, you created a culture where people had the kind of relationships and, and were able to share things outside of the traditional, you know, the work that needs to be done today, the, you know, just the stuff that we need to you know, to, to get the business done. And I, I think that is so wonderful where people can, you know, have a safe place to, to share, to talk about what's going on to like what you said, um, you know, this was all focused on how do you connect to their unique value and develop them into that person that God created them to be, wants them to be. And, you know, what were some of the hallmarks of creating, a culture. What advice would you give to people that want to create a culture like that, but maybe they don't have it today? Well, uh, is one thing that was very significant in our company. It was one of, to me, it's one of my proudest uh, moments. 
is when I introduce the core values to our company. Hmm. And uh, is for many years, our people knew because we had communicated it over and over. They clearly understood uh, what our purpose was, why we exist, our vision statement as to where we were going. And we talked about that often. And, uh, but, uh, is I kept thinking there's something else missing here. There's something, I, I don't know, something is missing. And, uh, I finally figured out, uh, that even though in that search that took me two and a half years, it finally concluded that, uh, we needed core values and really the core values, uh, from my experience, reading and research now after I came up with all, it was driven by me uh, being the, you know, the CEO of the company. It, it wasn't something I could delegate to somebody. And so I went through a lengthy discovery process. And these are the kind of questions that I developed at the time I was asking myself, I didn't come up with good answers. It's like, okay, Bobby, uh, what do you stand for? Uh, what, what are you all about? Uh, you, you can probably, this is, I was, I, I, the Lord's blessed me to have a self-awareness, but I was asking some deep, I mean, interpersonal questions that I didn't have good answers driving this self-awareness just over and over. I was asking things, okay, uh, why did I just say what I just said? Uh, why did I do what I just did? Uh, why was it even important for me to say and do what I just said and did? And I went back to when I was a little boy, you know, like people that influenced me, uh, uh, events that had an impact on my life. And I couldn't be honest with you, I could not come up with an answer. And finally, uh, well, one thing which you kind of, you know, you already mentioned there is that I, I, I early on, even though I still didn't know who I was, I did come up with that phrase that I wanted to be a values driven company that achieved results, not a results driven company that achieve that, uh, uh, that has values. And so I, uh, but about four months later, it was like one Sunday after church, it's like I sat down in what I call my thinking chair and I pull out a yellow tablet and I'm thinking, I think I'm ready to figure out who I am. And, um, I, I, uh, I said, okay, well, how am I going to do this? I'm ready. And I thought, okay, well, what are things that I have a passion for that when I do them, they, they, uh, give me energy, I get excited about it. Uh, and so I wrote down some words to describe uh, what that's like. And then I thought, okay, well, all right, let's look on the other side of the coin. And when uh, things are not done the way I expect them, or I get angry, I get upset, I get foaming at the mouth because it wasn't done right, is... Uh, uh, what what are some words to describe that? So I wrote that on the opposite side of the page. Well, I started looking at that, and I was looking at, wow. Uh, I noticed there were six words that were um, identical on both sides. So 
start circling. And I kept looking at them, looking at them, you know, all this whole process I'm praying, you know, while looking at this. And I finally said, you know what? That is who I am. And uh, so we went through the process. It took us a couple months. Uh, we shut down the company for a half a day and uh, for me to introduce these core values. Now, it was a great experience for our employees because we had been hiring people of the same values all these years. They, you know, our HR department knew the kind of people Bobby was looking for. I just didn't know how to express it. Mm. So, uh, so this is the method that, cause I wanted our people to go through a discovery process and, you know, uh, for years people have watched, uh, the wheel of fortune, you know, game show on TV. And so I took that thought and we created a game board, uh, uh, we call it the wheel of values. And so we had, uh, we had, uh, these tables, people, you know, sitting at a table, we had like six or eight people per table and they had a game board for them to d- go through a discovery process of the phrase. Uh, now, uh, let me share this, uh, is that the day before the, uh, that we shut down the whole company, is that we gave them these T-shirts, and this was a common thing that we did uh, once a year because uh, we had some other event. I mean, uh, emphasis, you know, uh, through each year. This time, these T-shirts had the word "givers" on it. Well, this was so new to people. Uh, I heard stories where people were willing to pay somebody to find out what Bobby's up to now. But what the word <laughs> "givers" is is. Uh, when I got the graphics company that asked me what were the key words in the core values, because we had a phrase, like the first phrase was pursue personal growth. And I didn't put them in any particular order. This is a God thing. And so uh, they came back and they had brought this givers in like the first key words, but, you know, is growth. So that's where the G comes from. The I was the, you know, the key word there was integrity and just so forth and on. So, uh, so the people went through this discovery process of playing this game. And I, I mean, people were standing up. They really got into it because each table were competing against the other tables for time because <clears throat> we had this spinning wheel of prizes that that table could win uh, if they guessed the phrase you know, like at the Wheel of Fortune game. And then afterwards, I shared, uh, it was like a personal testimony of where that came from my ho- when I looked back at my life. And then each table went, we had uh, flip charts for each table, and each table went to their own flip chart to discuss how are we going to live this out in our company. Mm, I, think now, that's, I think that's huge. That's important because now you're talking about how to put it oh, in action. Exactly. And so uh, that was in October of 2005. And so uh, from, you know, uh, I I didn't realize the kind of impact it was going to have. But from 2005 to when I sold the company in in 2011 is, uh, as you mentioned earlier, you know, the economy, you know, like in late 07, 08, just flat went in the tank. But during that time, our revenue grew five uh, about five times. Our profits grew over five times. 
And if you got somebody that's listening that's been in business, our EBITDA grew about uh, five times during that time period. <clears throat> now, what I saw, of course, you know, you got to, the combination of our people knowing who we are, that's our core values, our purpose, in other words, why we exist, our vision, where we're going, uh, and we also have what was called our super objectives, which it's just basically is to delight the customer and increase operating profits. And uh, people clearly understanding those, and we would communicate it regularly. I saw in human resource, uh, you know, they, they call it discretionary effort. I saw our employees give over and above what's required, which is very biblical, when you look, read about the cheerful giver. And I think because of that, we, our company and our employees, we were not only very efficient and driving for results, but how we work together as a team uh, was just, it was just unbelievable uh, to, to, to live that. Uh, but uh, when I sold a company, that kind of came out of the blue because I was fixing to take the company to, whole new level <clears throat> so That's awesome well now for people to connect with you and just learn more uh your website is bobby albert so b-o-b-b-y-a-l-b-e-r-t.com and um you know just you know as we wrap up bobby what are just some final thoughts you'd like to just you know leave with uh with people as they've been listening in well, if I might suggest this, it's not so much of what you do, but it's who are you becoming. And I'm, when I'm talking about who you're becoming, um, I'm, I'm talking about how you are growing in your faith with the Lord. Because my, my passion is, is, <clears throat> is to help people integrate the Lordship of Jesus Christ into every area of their lives, beginning with their family uh, with their church and in the workplace and the marketplace. And if I might say is that I've got a new book that's coming out. Uh, it's called Principled Profits. Yeah. And the subtitle is Outward Success is an Inside Job. Outward success is an inside job. I couldn't agree more. I really think your inner game really <laughs> determines your outer game, doesn't it, Bobby? It sure does, and I saw it with my own eyes. Awesome. And so, you know, as people are thinking about this, right, I, and uh, on our website, eternalleadership.com, I, you can opt in, and I'll send you my ebook on how to find your core values. And there's a, you know, there's a difference between our core values, and that's the process you went through of self-awareness and discovery, tapping into your passions, looking at these things that, you know, get us upset. Um, I think, you know, those are areas that really can highlight our core values because those should values sometimes that we operate in are the ones that we think we should have that are maybe imposed on us by others' expectations, by maybe not being really clear on our own identity and unique value in Christ. Um, and it's really important to go through the process that like, just like you did, to really figure out what those core values are and then how you are honoring those and bringing those out in your own life, in the culture that you're part of, the team that you're leading, whatever that happens to be. Um, I, the, the, every time somebody has done that, like the results that you're talking about with your company and 
what you've done have just been extraordinary. And I think that is just such a foundational piece for all of us to really get the results and, and the enjoyment. And, you know, in John 10, 10, you know, Christ says he came here to give us life so that we may live it to the full. And I think understanding who we are, who actually not just who we are, but who God sees when he looks at us, you know, those core values, what, what are those passions, you know, because uh, passions don't really have a value system. But when we understand our core values, because that's who we be, right? That then informs the doing when we move into our passions. And that is a powerful place to be. Well, thank you. Well, (laughs) (laughs) well, Bobby, I'd love to stay in touch. And if there's anything else uh, I can do for you, let me know. And I look forward to our next conversation. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Halftime Institute. In 1994, Bob Buford penned the book Halftime, moving from success to significance. And in the more than 20 years since then, more than three quarters of a million copies have been sold. It's touched baby boomers in the 90s, and it's now touching the lives of both Gen Xers who are in that midlife season asking, is this all there is? As well as baby boomers who are searching for significance in retirement. To get a free copy of the book, just go to eternalleadership.com slash halftime. And after you read it, if you have any questions, you can have a no obligation one hour of halftime coaching. Eternalleadership.com slash halftime. You can't beat getting a free bestseller. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership. <laughs>